John Rash and DJ Tice are with us. Once again, it's Playing Politics with the Star Tribune editorial board. Gentlemen, thanks so much for coming on. I want to get your reaction to what Congresswoman Ilhan Omar said about your entity, the Star Tribune editorial board. She was reacting to a letter which was criticized in the coverage of Representative Omar and proposed charter amendments and talking directly about the editorial board. The editorial, t- uh, the editorial team decided what was necessary was to draw a direct comparison between Ilhan Omar, Minnesota's first and only black Muslim immigrant congressperson, and Middle East terrorism. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Equating Muslims with terrorism is something our Muslim brothers and sisters face on almost a daily basis and is the textbook example of Islamophobia. There was much more to the letter. Congresswoman Omar offered up two tweets on the topic. We can no longer be silent. The at Star Trib uh, opinion, that is the editorial board, regularly uses Islamophobic and racist language in their coverage communities of color. Proud of the Minnesotans who led and signed this letter calling for systemic change to their personal, uh, through their personnel and policies. She added one more. By the way, I have great respect for journalists, including many reporters of the Star Tribune, but I will not stand by while an overwhelming white and male editorial board continues to, to use divide and conquer tactics against communities of color in our city. This is obviously large news when a congresswoman is taking on the editorial board in this manner. This is a regular visit, and I thought it was fair to have you two, and I did not know that it would be DJ today, it could have been Patricia, or it could have been Scott Gillespie and others, but today it's John Rash and DJ Tice. John, you first. How do you respond to the letter and what Congresswoman Omar tweeted out? That she has a right to her voice, as do we. I think that the points that she brings up and the changes she wants are factually and fundamentally untrue. On the facts of it, we are not Islamophobic, Islamophobic whatsoever, and in fact, I was part of an editorial board that probably touted its endorsement of Yusra Arab, a very compelling candidate who is taking on Cam Gordon and a few other candidates in the city council race in Minneapolis in November. She is East African of East African descent, female and Muslim, and we're recommending her for the city council as just one of many examples. The editorial board, there are four editorial writers. Three of them are female. I am the one male on there. DJ is an editor, as is Stockle. Let's be two regulars on playing politics. And we routinely run through DJ's keen eyes in terms of encouraging commentary and finding the most compelling examples of it, viewpoints across the spectrum and I think that that's our right and our role and our responsibility to do that. So, you know, while certainly uh, Representative Omar has, has every right to make those calls, I think that when you say something that dramatic, it should be more factually based. And sadly, I think this is not. DJ? Well, I agree with everything uh, John said. Just a, uh, one point of clarification, uh, the complaint, the chief complaint, at least about the editorial or the opinion pages, had to do with a piece by Brett Stevens of the New York Times, which was a very provocative, very hard-hitting 
uh, criticism of uh, Representative Omar and the other members of the so-called uh, squad for a vote against uh, funding uh, for the Iron Dome in Israel. So it was part of a it, what some see as a, a, a pattern of uh, hostility to to Israel and American aid for Israel on the part of of the representative and and uh, uh, others of uh, that group. Uh, we wrote a uh, head, uh, our own headline for the story that she found uh, particularly uh, troublesome, but. Yeah, it's obviously absurd to suggest that we were likening her to uh, terrorists. Uh, there, the the Stevens piece, uh, you know, certainly did uh, suggest that this reflected uh, deep-seated hostility to Israel, and that's a point of view that uh, that we host, uh, like many others. Two days later, we had a very hard-hitting rebuttal to Stevens in exactly the same. A placement on the page. We, of course, have often run Representative Omar's own uh, material on the page, including her endorsement of the of the local police uh, amendment uh, very recently. Uh, so uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that she criticizes both uh, news side material and opinion page material and is not very careful about distinguishing between those things, but we should be. Uh, you know, we cannot address anything that, uh, you know, she may be critiquing about headlines and, and uh, coverage decisions uh, in the newsroom. Uh, you know, and, and, and candidly, there's probably a limit to what we ought to say, uh, in, even in terms of the editorial page. But John is right that her allegations uh, are on untrue uh and uh, you know candidly it's not really the place of a public official to be uh ordering newspapers around about who they ought to hire uh and you know what they should and shouldn't publish she has called for us to stop uh endorsing candidates uh which she did i guess about two days before she came out and endorsed some candidates of her own uh well she's entitled to do that and so are we Let's pause right there, take a short break, come back, and we'll talk about what's taking place in Washington, D.C. Is it possible the Democrats have a deal? Steve Bannon and also Tina Smith finally stepping forward and offering up her thoughts on a key issue in Minneapolis. Back with John Rash and D.J. Tice in a matter of moments on CCO. Continuing with the uh, Star Tribune editorial board, John Rash and D.J. Tice, as we know for months and months, the Democrats... With a narrow margin in the House and even more narrow margin in the Senate, it's a 50-50 split, but obviously the vice president can break the tie. They've been trying to get two things done uh, regarding uh, two large financial packages, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which passed the Senate months and months ago, bipartisan vote, $1.2 trillion. And then what's the number on a rec- reconciliation bill? Bernie Sanders and others talked at one point about ten trillion. Then they talked about six trillion. Then the numbers seem to be DJ three point five trillion. But guess what? They don't have the vote. So now Joe Biden meeting yesterday, the president, with centrists and progressives, they're talking about a a, a dollar amount which is still staggeringly high, of one point seven five to one point nine trillion dollars. Reading the tea leaves and seeing how this is playing out in the first twenty four hours. Do you think this is the number that they can bring together 
Cinema, Mansion, and AOC and the progressives, and this is the number where they all can come together and by a strictly partisan vote get both bills done. Well, the uh, the numbers that have flown around are uh, incomprehensible uh, and and bewildering. Uh, but the only number that matters is fifty one. Uh, you know, can they get fifty one uh, votes in the Senate? I don't know if this. Is anything magic about this number? It's a it's a matter of what cinema and and mansion feel they need to achieve out of this uh, you know stand that they've made. Uh, I, you know I think the the problem with this thing is it, it, we've had a lot of garbage bills over the years where you know all kinds of stuff gets thrown into these enormous bills, but never anything quite like this. And you end up with a bill that has a who knows what's in it. And it has no character. It, it doesn't have a name. The name is three point five trillion, right? Or or whatever the the current number is. But I mean, is it the child tax credit bill? Is it the Green New Deal? Is it free college? Is it paid family leave? You know what? Yes, I guess it's it's everything uh, at some stage that everybody uh, uh, has called for. But it has no central theme that people can kind of feel like they understand and feel like they're either for or against all it is 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 this gigantic and and ever-changing number so i just think that they've had a hard time getting any sense of, of momentum behind it uh i'm sure they'd very much like to uh accomplish something uh, frankly, it doesn't seem they're going to accomplish what was really promised, which was, you know, some kind of more functional uh, bipartisan uh, lawmaking in Congress. They had a chance at that, but they've kind of thrown it away because I guess they can't get the the uh, far progressives to go along with, you know, just passing what they can actually get Republican support for. John, how about you? I concur with DJ, especially on the marketing of this bill, and it's known more by its price tag than its value. And But despite plenty of presidential miscalculation along the way, one would assume President Biden has some kind of tacit understanding with Senator Sinema and mentioned that if he comes down to this level, he can procure their votes and some kind of understanding with leaders in the left, Senator Sanders and Warren and some others, that they will vote for it as well. None of them will be happy, although the more conservative wing of the party can tout in re-election that they brought things to the American people that they have said in repeated polls that they would like, but kept the price tag down. They probably all realize their window to do this is narrowing because of the likelihood of any administration losing seats in midterm elections, and particularly this one at this particular point. And if they don't get this passed now, it probably never will. So my sense is they will get something done. And finally, on the branding of it, Doug's quite right in terms of how he describes it. Whereas when you have a bill called the infrastructure bill, while people may not know specifically what's in it, they can project roads and bridges and airports and hard, concrete, literally and figuratively accomplishments that they can point to, and that's why they have more bipartisan backing for that bill. 
I only have a short amount of time here, about 30 to 40 seconds each one of you. Senator Smith, Tina Smith, comes out yesterday and says uh, she's she's a no on the charter amendment in Minneapolis to dramatically alter the police department. John, what does that say to you about Tina Smith and how she arrived at the decision and when she announced the decision? That it took her quite some time to get there and this, um, you know, she's not only a representative of the state of Minnesota in the U.S. Senate, she's a resident of the city of Minneapolis. So she's got to think about how it affects her own city. And, you know, it's not an un, you know, thought of uh, uh, reaction that she has to this very quickly. Perhaps the more meaningful um, note on this is Nakima Levy-Pounds coming out against this amendment and she carries considerable credibility among mm-hmm. some people who are for this. And so that might be more consequential. Real quick, Doug, what do you think? I think that's right about the, what may matter at the polls. Uh, for the senator, I, you know, I think what's kind of clear is that if you have to run outside of the core urban area, uh, defund the police is uh, is a losing brand. Uh, speaking of branding and uh, uh, Keith Ellison is the one exa- one exception of somebody who's got to run in the state at large and has come out in its favor, but he has been uncharacteristically mild-mannered uh, in his support of it, uh, talking about it as starting a conversation and, and not being very uh, militant in his rhetoric about it. Uh, it's outside of, of the central city. It's uh, It's not a good political place to be. Thanks to both of you. Appreciate it. Thank you. DJ Tice, John Rash from the Star Tribune editorial board. A reminder, that is one of many examples of what will be available through podcasts. Podcast the show, wccradio.com slash chat, or go to the Odyssey app. Get it done. Jim Peterson, a longtime friend of mine, from a colleague of mine, still my golfing pal, is going to join us early next hour on the Wolves. The season starts tonight.